book of Exodus. I hope that uh, you have been enjoying your uh, daily bread uh, as you have been reading through the Bible. I'll, I'll have to confess, if any of you are a little bit behind or a whole lot behind, don't feel lonely. I'm a little bit behind, and uh, I've, I've got to do some catching up. Uh, but always remember, having read something is better than nothing. So don't beat yourself up and don't throw in the towel. Uh, just keep reading, read what you can, and uh, God will bless and God will uh, help you. And I, I've just, well, that's, by flipping back to the book of Exodus, it was just reminding me of uh, our readings. And uh, I have just gleaned so much. It's just something about reading the Bible. Reading the Bible, God has a way of talking to you, stirring up your heart and your mind and your spirit. And uh, I get something all the time when I'm just reading the Word of God. And so God bless each of you uh, as you read the Word of the Lord. Uh, we're going to, again, read from the book of Exodus. We're going to read Exodus chapter 21. And we're going to re begin reading at verse 1. Now, Brother Adam, I didn't make myself clear. I wasn't wanting y'all to turn me up, all right? I was wanting to be turned up up here. I'll take care of it, okay? So you can turn me down a little bit unless you need that volume, all right? So it's starting to ring a little bit. I know you're wanting to be cooperative, but I didn't get the right message to you. So I'm getting it to you now, praise God. All right, Exodus chapter 21 and verse 1. The Bible said, Now these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. If thou buy a Hebrew servant, six years he shall serve, and in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. If he came in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he were married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master have given him a wife, and she have borne him sons or daughters... The wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out by himself. And if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free, then his master shall bring him unto the judges. He shall also bring him to the door or unto the doorpost. And his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. He shall serve him forever. So this is the judgments. This is the divine decree. This was the commands of God pertaining to a Hebrew slave or servant under the Old Testament law. And I want you to notice the Bible said in verse 5, and if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go free. And so there's, there's a couple titles we could give this tonight. And from this verse of Scripture, we might would say, plainly say, I love my master. Plainly say, I love my master. And then... Verse 6 says, Then his master shall bring him unto the judges. He shall also bring him to the door and unto the doorpost. And his master shall bore his ear through with an awl. An awl is just a pointed 
object like a toothpick or an ice pick on the end. He would take an awl and he would pierce the man's ear into the doorpost and he shall serve him forever. And so we could also preach tonight, take me to the post. Take me to the post. Let's pray the will of God be done with this message tonight. Lord, I want to thank you right now for the power of your word. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for the unction of the word of the Lord that's in my heart, Lord. Hallelujah. I praise you, Jesus. I magnify you and I glorify you. I believe you to bless every hearer of the word of God. Call forth deep consecration, devotion, and dedication. Eternal commitments to you tonight, Lord. Let there be full soul surrender. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I believe you to do it, Lord. I believe you to do it, Lord. I believe you to do it, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Everyone said amen. amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. When the Lord created humanity, there's one thing he gave to us that he did not have to. But he chose in his infinite wisdom when he created us to give us this privilege, and it's what we would call free will. God could have made us and created us in any way that he wanted to. He could have made us as his creation individuals that did exactly what he said any time he said it. But he, that would not bring him ultimate pleasure. What would bring God pleasure is for him to give us free will and then him in turn see us take that liberty that he gave us and that freedom of choice, that liberty to make our own decisions and come back to him and say, now, Lord, I could do anything with my life that I want to do, but I choose to love you. I choose to serve you. I choose to walk with you. I choose to live for you. I don't have to, but I want to. Now, we read in our hearing tonight the judgments, the command of the Lord that pertained to Hebrew servants. That was, should there be a Hebrew brother or sister that would give themselves into servitude, they would be obligated to serve for six years. But every seventh year, there would be a year of liberty. And so that if they gave themselves as a slave, they wouldn't have to be a slave or a servant forever, but it would be only for a particular period of time. After six years of service... The individual would be free. They could go forth. Their obligation was over. They would serve for a certain number of years, but then on the seventh year, they were free to go. And they were free for nothing. It was the responsibility of the slave owner, of the master of the house, to just let them go, to give them their liberty. 
There was years of obligation. There was years of duty. There was years of responsibility. There was a season of time when they had no choice. They had to give themselves. They were slaves. They made a commitment or an agreement or they were sold into slavery. There was varying reasons why a Hebrew would become a slave. Uh, one, of, one of them would be uh, in, in times of extreme poverty, when they were needy, they could, in a sense, hire themselves out. They could become a servant to someone and say, I, I'll give myself to you and I will work for you. And they would make an agreement. So this is not like every one of these people would be what we would have the idea of a slave being in that uh, they would be kidnapped or taken away from their family and stolen and forced into slavery. Some of this was by choice. But, but it was, it was a, a, a choice to become a servant in, in the sense that they, they were required and given commands by earthly men that, that they were really slaves. But long term, they didn't have to live under that slave mentality. There was a day they could go free if they wanted to go free. So extreme poverty would be a reason that a person would become a slave. Sometimes fathers would sell their children into slavery to become servants, maid servants, men servants to very rich people. And then number three, when people were in debt, and their indebtedness was so great that they didn't have the ability to pay it back. They would give themselves as slaves to the creditors. You might remember the story in the Old Testament where there was a widow having lost her husband. She, she came to the man of God and said, I need help. The creditors are coming to get my two sons because of what we owe them. And we need help because if I don't receive help. I'm going to lose my sons after I've lost my husband and I'm going to be left alone. And you remember the story how that the man of God told him to go borrow a lot of vessels and what do you have in your house? I have a cruise of oil. And he said, just go borrow a lot of vessels and then just start pouring that oil in. And the Bible lets us know that she just kept pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring until every vessel was full. And she went and sold all she had. She paid the debt off and she was able to live off the rest. And so indebtedness could bring people into slavery and servitude. And then there was times that there was people that were stolen and uh, they were kidnapped. Then there was others who became prisoners of war. And then sometimes Hebrews would sell themselves out to Gentiles and a, a Hebrew brother would buy them back and he would be buying them back from the Gentiles. And uh, rather than the Hebrew having to serve the Gentile, the Hebrew would now serve his Hebrew brother. But this was the important part. Every seven years, all of them could go free. And so there was an opportunity for them to walk away from their master, walk away from their servitude, walk away from their life, and just begin again. They could go free if they wanted to go free. But if somehow their servitude was something that they enjoyed. 
they realized that they had a good master that they worked for. They realized that that master was considerate and kind. He wasn't just a greedy miser, but, but he really uh, used the servant because he needed the servant. He wasn't just about using and abusing flesh, but he honored the servant. And he gave to the servant and he let the servant know that he appreciated his hard labor and, and, and he paid him right. And, and he gave him a wife maybe. And in giving him a wife during the time of servitude, maybe they had children and they begun a family. And at the end of seven years, he'd still have the choice. You can walk away from everything if you want to walk away from it. But you don't have to. If you love your master... And you love your wife, you love your children, you like what you're doing, you can stay. You can make a commitment, you can make a promise, you can go through a ritual, and you could be a servant forever. If you want to stay there for the rest of your life, you could stay there for the rest of your life. And that's when he would say, all right, I want to stay where I'm at. I don't know a better place to go. I want to stay right here. You're a good master. You gave me a good wife. You gave me wonderful children through this marriage. And I'm not going to walk away. I'm not going to run away. I'm not going to turn away. I'm going to stay here for the rest of my life. Take me to the post. And drive the all through my ear. And mark me a slave and a servant of love for the rest of my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I know a lot of you know this already, what I'm preaching, but I think it's important that we visit it again and realize that when we give ourselves to God, we begin walking with God, living for God, just like every seven years gave an opportunity for the servants to walk away free, can I tell you there's going to be opportunities on your journey of living for God where if you want to walk away, you can walk away. There's going to be times that it's going to be easier to walk away than at other times. Um, thank God for people that have their heart fixed and their mind made up and they've got it settled in their heart. They're not looking for an exit. They're doing what they want to do. But can I tell you, the Lord is going to give you opportunities. There's going to be days and nights where if you want to walk away, if you want to run away, you're going to have an opportunity and you're going to have a reason to run away if you want to. All right. God's going to give you perfect liberty and perfect freedom to make your choice. As a matter of fact, we find it in the New Testament where the Bible says that Jesus has made a hard saying that it wasn't easy for the people to understand and, and the multitudes just begin to walk away from the Lord. And he turned to his disciples and he said, will you go away also? Or you're going you're gonna to follow the crowds? You're going to go with them? What did Peter say? He said, to whom shall we go? 
for thou hast the words to eternal life. What I'm trying to tell you, settle it in your heart, but there's going to come moments when the question's going to come again. Just know the answer, and that is, who can we turn to, Lord? We have a desire to be saved. We want to know the truth, and we want to walk in truth. There's nowhere else to go. If we want to be saved and we want to walk in truth, this is it. We're here forever. This is not just a passing idea, but we're committed. We're going to follow you all the days of our life. Can I tell you, growing up in church, growing up in the house of God, being raised in the truth, there is a sense of responsibility, a sense of duty, a sense of obligation. Mom and dad said, if you live in my house, you're going to do this or you're not going to do that. If you live in my house, you're going to dress modest and you're going to live a good, clean, godly life. You're not going to listen to worldly music. If you live in my house, there's some do's and there's some don'ts and you don't have a choice. Amen. And I thank God for parents that'll take that stand and be courageous and raise their children in the truth. We need more courageous parents in this generation that'll stand firm and set some guidelines and set these are right and this is wrong, and I'm committed as a parent to raising you, son, daughter, in the truth. I love you more than I want to please you, and that is I'm willing to set some standards, some guidelines, some rules, and some regulations because I want you to do what's right, and while you're under my house, I have the responsibility to raise you in the house of God and in the ways of God, and so I'm telling you, this is what you got to do, son, and can I tell you, young people, it's always best to obey, even if you don't want to, even if you don't understand just trust people that's wiser than you, that cares more about you than your own feelings. Always trust your parents. Comply with your parents. Obey. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to preach tonight. You just get ready. I'm preaching tonight. Hallelujah. I'm not just going to preach a short message. I'm not going to preach a long time, but I'm preaching this one out. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's just have some church together tonight. Hallelujah. Thank God for some parents that'll have a backbone and not let their children run over them. Amen. But to let them know this is the will of God. This is the way. Hey, listen, it's not just about being hard. It's not just about being crude. I know I'm kind of saying it in a, a crude way here tonight, but just 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 hear me. Amen. Thank God for parents that will have a backbone and say, I'm not gonna let you have your way, child, when your way's wrong. That's right. I want to help you have a good life. I want to help you overcome your flesh. I want to help you to learn to tell yourself no. I want to help you to learn to rule your spirit and control your attitude. I want, I want to help you. I want to help you. And so we grow up with, with authority in our lives where parents are, 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 are telling us what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. And I'm going to tell you it's best for us to learn obedience. It's good for us to learn obedience. But it's easy then to grow up with a slave mentality in the apostolic ranks. As if, I got to do this. I have to do that. I don't have a choice. I'm made to. I'm forced to. I got to go to church. I got to get up on Sunday morning and put my clothes on. Oh. 
And it's easy. It's easy to feel like you're required and you must and people's going to criticize you and they're going to look down. Can, can I tell you that's a, that's a miserable world to live in. But it happens. And, and when you grow up, it's easy to, to feel that way because that's the way it is. But somewhere along the line, God wants us to serve him because we choose to serve him. God wants us to walk with him because we want to. And I'm going to tell you, there's going to be many opportunities along life's way where God's going to give you the choice, what are you going to do? It's up to you. You want to be free? You can go free. You want to serve me? Serve me. It's totally up to you. I was, I was reminded uh, as I read something, I went and got it today. It said, in the latter days of Sir Walter Scott, when poverty stared him in the face... He had to announce to his servants his inability to retain them any longer. But they begged to be allowed to stay, saying they would be content with the barest fare or the lowest wages if only they might remain in his employ. This was permitted, and they clung to him until the last. Hallelujah. And that's the attitude we got to have about God. God, I don't have to serve you. You're not going to make me. You're not going to force me. You created me, gave me liberty, gave me free will. I can do what I want to do with my life. But I want you to know, God, I choose you. I want to serve you. I want to walk. If you're telling me, God, I can have what I want, I'm telling you what I want. I want to know you. I want a relationship with you. I want fellowship with you. I want to commune with you. Hallelujah. I want an anointing on my life. I want to be holy. I want to be godly. I want to be consecrated. I want to be your servant. Oh the days of my life. I want to be your servant. Hallelujah. I believe there's some people in this place that's your desire, that's your heart's cry. And before this service is over, I want you to be able to plainly say, I love my master. Hallelujah. And before this service is over, I want you to tell the Lord, take me to your spiritual post, God. And I want you to mark me as a love servant for ever hallelujah it's no more mama's gonna make me no more daddy's gonna make me no more where i feel obligated and i got to know god i'm making a willful decision tonight i want you i want your will i want to be your servant forever i want to be your servant forever for this for this Hebrew servant that would go to the door and let the all be driven through his ear, his servitude was a pleasure for him. This is what I want to do. This is my desire. This is what I want. I heard Brother Nathaniel Wilson one time preach a message called The One Thing. He said, I've had preachers come to me through the years and ask me, Brother Nathaniel Wilson, if there was one thing you would tell me 
that would guarantee me success? What is that one essential ingredient? What, it, what is the thing that is required? What is the one thing? If you could give me one word of counsel or, or direct me to one thing that I know I must have to be a success and to be what God wants me to be, what is it? And you know what he said it was? And I believe it. He said, it's your will. You got to want to be a success. You got to want to walk with God. You got to choose to live for him. It takes your will. You got to engage your will and say, this is what I want. I don't have to. I can do something altogether different, but this is what I want to do. I want to walk with you, Jesus. I want to serve you, Lord. I want to live for you. You know what? This man could have had the best master. The master gave him a wife. They had children together. But after seven years, if he wanted to walk away, he could just walk away. He could just leave it all behind him. Can I tell you, we could become very selfish people if we want to. We've got a choice of how we're going to live our life. We're going to live selfish lives or we're going to live selfless lives. Are we going to be takers or are we going to be givers? Can I tell you, life always brings greater fulfillment and satisfaction when we're willing to be selfless and to be givers. And rather than just living life focused on what I think and what I want and what I desire, rather than just living unto ourselves, it's better if we'll be wise, make good judgments, and live for what's best for ourselves, for our wife, our children, our family, for our soul. We got to make decisions based upon what is right and best for us. This man could have just said, I'm going to forget about this lady and I'm going to forget about these children. I'm going to forget about this vineyard. I'm just going to walk away from it all and I ain't got anything to worry about. I won't have to worry about anybody or anything. I could just live my life. Can I tell you, there's a lot of people when they get to those Critical moments will make that decision to just leave it all behind and run away. And can I tell you, amen, it takes a real man to be courageous and say, I'm going to make decisions based upon what's right for my soul, for my wife and my children. I'm not going to just walk away, but I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to stand firm and I'm going to love my master. I'm going to love my family. Oh, God, give us some family men in this generation. Listen, listen to what the Bible says in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us. The love of Christ holds us. Can I tell you, sometimes it's fear that brings us to God. We're afraid of being lost and we're afraid of going through life without him. We're afraid of going to hell. And, and that fear, that fear will, will get a hold of us and we'll be afraid of being alone. And, and, and fear will drive us to God. But can I tell you, fear is not going to keep you with God. Yes, sir. That's right. Fear may bring you 
understanding the terror of the Lord, that he's a, a God to be feared. And if you choose to not serve him, you will go to a lake of fire. You will burn eternally in fire and brimstone that has no end forever and ever and ever in torment. It's not a choice that God makes. It's a decision that is made based upon the decision that you make. And so if you choose to not serve the Lord, that's the place you choose to go eternally. But should you choose to serve the Lord, you will know eternal joy and peace. Amen. Fear sometimes can be a motivator to help you to do what's right, but it's not the best motivation long term because when you get to know God, you'll know he's a God of love. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. He's a God of compassion. He's a God of no compromise with sin. He'll never blink at sin. He'll never overlook sin, but he will forgive sin. He will forgive sin. And in forgiving sin, he loves you. And getting to know that love of God, it'll hold you. It'll draw you. It'll keep you. That's what this verse said. The love of Christ constraineth us. Isn't it wonderful to know that nothing shall separate us from the love of God? When you get to know God and his love and his mercy and his grace, he holds you, he keeps you, he caresses you. God takes care of you. That love, I'm going to tell you, that love of Christ, I never want to get out of it. I want to stay in it forever and ever. It holds you. It's something that is matchless. The love of God is matchless. You can't find any more love anywhere else in this world nobody loves like god loves the bible tells us in the new testament god is love i'm telling you if you're looking for love here tonight you need to fall in love with jesus i'm telling you he'll love you and he'll never take advantage of you he'll love you and he'll be with you always he'll love you and he'll never leave you i'm telling you it's a love you'll want to stay in Hallelujah. And once you get to experience in the love of God, you build a relationship with him. That's the place you want to live and dwell. For the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Notice this next verse. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Brothers and sisters, the Bible's teaching us here that we should not live selfish lives, to just live unto ourselves, just live by how we feel and what we think and, and just live selfish lives. That's not the will of God. But we should live unto him who has saved us. God, I want to live for your glory. I want to live for your praise and your honor. Without you, God, I'd be nothing. Without you, I'd be drifting like a ship without a sail. Without you, Jesus, I'd be miserable. Your love has brought me peace. Your love has brought me forgiveness. Your love has brought me salvation. Your love has brought me deliverance. God, I'm not going to just live according to the dictates and the feelings of my flesh anymore and the cravings and the lust of my humanity, but I'm going to live, God, according to 
to your law, according to your desires, according to your plan, according to your precepts. I'm going to walk with you, Lord. I don't have to, but I know that's what I want. That's what's best. It doesn't get any better than you, Jesus. You're all I want. You're all I want. What is the one thing? It's your will, brothers and sisters. Live unto the glory of the Lord. Make that choice. Make that decision. I think about uh, the word of the Lord in the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 40 and verse 6. Notice what this writer said. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears thou hast opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Notice he said, mine ears thou hast opened. That word in the original means bore. And so this is a reference to the Old Testament principle and judgment to where you take that servant and you strike its ear, bore a hole in it, and they're marked forever. A love servant. It also means opened. What I'm trying to tell you, when you make the decision, take me to the post. When you say plainly, I love my master. It's, it's not a, I forced to. It's not, I'm mumbling it. It's, it's not, uh, yeah, I guess I will. Yeah, Maybe. Uh, my wife's pushing me. My children are pushing me. No, no, no. Plainly say it. I'm making an informed decision. This is best. This is what's right. This is good. I'm going to plainly say, I love my master. I love my wife. I love my children. Take me to the post. When you come to that point and state to where you give yourself completely forever to the Lord, I'm going to tell you, your ear will be open to everything he has to say. You'll be listening and God will be talking to you. When you make him your master, he reads that heart. He knows you're meaning it from the depths of your soul. When you say it plainly to him, nobody else may hear it, but when you say it plainly to God, it's deep, it's sincere, it's with your whole person. You say, God, I'm giving myself to you completely and totally. I'm telling you, it has a way of opening your ears up to the voice of God. And God will talk to you like he's never talked to you before. And God will lead you like he's never led you before. Um, Amen. I'm telling you, there's a blessing in giving yourself wholly to God and say for the rest of my life, I'm going to keep a keen ear listening to your voice, your commands. I'm making you my Lord, my leader, my master. Hallelujah. There's reasons, brothers and sisters, and I'm I'm not going to preach much longer tonight. I'm going to comfort you here. There's reasons, brothers and sisters, to go to the post. There's reasons. He said, if he would plainly say, I love my master, 
I love my Lord. I love the man I get my commands from. I love the man that's given me a place to live. I, I love the man's ways. I love and trust his decision making. I love my master. I got a reason to stay because there's not a Lord like him. And then he would say, I, I love my wife. I've got a reason to stay. I could walk away, but I got a reason to stay. I love my wife. And I love my children. This is my heritage. How can I leave my mother's God is a way we could say it when we make it to God. How can I leave the God of my fathers? This is my heritage. Why should I stay with God? Why should I stay with the church? When I come and I've got an opportunity to walk away, what is some reasons of why I should stay? I'm going to tell you, there's not a God like our God. He alone is the living God. He is God alone. There's, there's no God beside him. There's no God like him. I'm going to tell you, you can't find a better master. You can't find a better Lord. There's, there's not a better God to worship. There's nobody like Jesus. Nobody will be better than you than God will be to you. The man would say, I need to stay here because God's given me a good wife. I need to stay here. My master's given me a wife. And she's choosing to love me and care for me. I could walk away from this gift if I want to, but no. I realize the master's given me a wife. And I love my wife, I'm going to stay. Could say, I love my children. If you're thinking of reasons to stay, I'm telling you there's some reasons to stay. Think about your children. You're giving your children the best hope of the best life possible by keeping them in the house of God. This is your heritage. It's a part of your identity. It's a part of who you are. It's your heritage. It's the way your mother raised you, your father raised you. It's the way of truth. You can't get away from it. It doesn't matter if you walk away. You can't. But it's a part of who you are. It's in your soul. You're marked. And you're stamped, and that's a good thing. It's your heritage. Live it. It's your privilege. It's your honor. It's your opportunity. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me tell you, if he looked about and said, there's not a better farm to work on. There's, there's not a better vineyard. I mean, the best master, wife, Children, there's not a, to, where could I go? 
Everywhere else is downhill from here. It doesn't get any better than this. He would say, there's not a better place to work. There's not a better man to work for. I can go, but it's all less. It's all downhill. There's nothing any better. Why would I want to walk away from better and the best? So he'd say, take me to the post. And when that, when that master, which just make this the doorpost, but when that master would take and drive the all through his ear, it wouldn't only make a hole in his ear, it would put a dent in that door, become a permanent marking on that house. This man, is forever identified with this house and this home. I'm telling you, the Lord is calling some people to make a fresh commitment tonight and say, God, the choice is mine, and this is what I choose to do. This is what I choose to be. I love you, and it doesn't get any better than you. I love my wife, and this is the best hope of our marriage. I love my children, and I couldn't raise them any better. I, God, have this as a goodly heritage in my life. And, God, I choose to live the way I've been brought up and the way I've been taught and the way of truth and the word of God, hallelujah. Tonight, God, I want you to mark me forever. And God, mark me with this house. This is what I'll live for. This is my purpose. I'm going to work in your vineyard the rest of my life. Would you stand with me tonight? Hallelujah. Let me ask you a question tonight. I really, listen, I, I got to be plain as a pastor I don't feel like there's people that just are ready to backslide and walk away. I believe there's some people listening to what I'm saying here tonight. But I believe there's some people that you need to make a commitment. The Holy Ghost is talking to you tonight. God is calling you. There's, there's many people. There's people in particular that I've got a burden for in my heart tonight. And this is what I know God's talking to you. Because if God's got a burden on my heart for you, I know he's dealing with you while I'm preaching this word. I don't have any doubt about it. You know the Holy Ghost is saying, you need to get on that altar tonight. You need to get on that altar tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Let me ask you a question. Can you find any reason? Can you find any reason why you should? Leave Jesus. Can you imagine one? Why would we choose to walk away from Jesus? It doesn't get any better than him. We fell and come short, but he's always faithful. He's there with forgiveness Mercy and grace. Think about the song that says, I've got no reason to quit. 
but a million reasons why it should go on. One final scripture in the book of Deuteronomy. I've, I've used the word man, 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 preached to men here tonight. But when you look at the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy is talking about a Hebrew servant. He not only mentions a Hebrew man, but verse 12 of chapter 15 of Deuteronomy, he says, and if thy brother a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman be sold unto thee talks about this law of the Hebrew slave. Verse 16 says, And it shall be if he say unto thee, I will not go away from thee, because he loveth thee in thine house, because he is well with thee. Then thou shalt take an awl and thrust it through his ear even unto the door, and he shall be thy servant forever, and also unto thy maidservant thou shalt do. Likewise, so we're not just talking to men here tonight. We're talking to ladies here tonight. There might be a husband and a wife tonight that would. I was trying to decide if I want to grab his hand like a husband and wife. (laughs) There might be a. Individual, you just want to come for yourself tonight. Or bow at your pew. But there might be a... There might be a man and lady that the master allowed you to get married. And the Lord says, Y'all can go free if you want to. But that husband and wife says, No. We're staying with you, Master. We're staying in your house. And we're staying in your vineyard. It's not just a man going to the door. Not just a lady going to the door. But they're going together. We're a couple. We're committing ourselves to you. Mark us in your house forever. We love you, God, more than anything. And we're making an eternal commitment today. Today today. I wonder while we sing, while we pray, if there's any people in this building you want to come and say, Lord, I'm ready as that Hebrew servant made an eternal commitment to make me an eternal commitment tonight. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to walk with you. Hallelujah. Anybody want to come? Give yourself to the Lord in a new Fresh way. Hallelujah. to the Lord I'm giving you all of my heart God I'm going to plainly say it I'm going to say it clearly I'm going to say it honestly I'm going to say it sincerely Lord I'm yours I'm yours 
I give myself away to you. Yeah.